0: Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church is to inspire people to follow Jesus, because we're convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks at greenvilleoaks.org and connect with us on social media. We would love it if you could rate and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Wade Hodges. Hello, everyone. Good to see you here today. Every year, I spend the first few minutes of my sermon on the first Sunday of Advent quixotically encouraging all of us to slow our roll on celebrating Christmas. And in a culture which, largely for cultural reasons, has blended all the holidays together as one, this can feel like a losing battle. And yet, I remain firm in my resolve that we celebrate one holiday at a time. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Festivus, then Christmas. We are not to Christmas yet. And one of the ways we can keep ourselves from jumping the gun on Christmas is by making the most of the season of Advent, these four Sundays leading To Christmas Day. Advent is not a season of celebration. It is a season of preparation, of anticipation. Advent's theme song is not joy to the world, the Lord has come. That's Christmas. Advent's theme song is O come, O come, Emmanuel, and Rescue Captive Israel. Advent is a time for longing, for waiting. It can be a time of aching as we ponder all that is not right in the world and long for the coming of the Lord. Advent also primes our hearts so that we are ready to celebrate with reckless abandon when we come together as a church on Christmas Eve. But it's also designed to remind us that we, as the people of God, are still waiting for Christ to come again. Advent is not about pretending that the Lord hasn't been born yet. That's not the focus. Instead, Advent helps us reflect on not only why the world needed the Lord to come 2,000 years ago, but also why the world desperately needs the Lord to come today. So over the next several weeks, to help us prepare, to help us anticipate, and to prime us to celebrate, I'm going to be speaking from the opening verses of John's gospel, John's prologue. It's in chapter 1, the first 18 verses. And If you've ever tried to read through the New Testament and you read the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then you come to the Gospel of John, you likely recognize that John is playing an ancient version of that Sesame Street game. One of these kids is doing his own thing. Because while John, like the other Gospels, is focused on telling the story of Jesus, he tells the story differently. Including the bit about how Christ comes into the world. Mark, in his gospel, doesn't even talk about Jesus' birth. He jumps immediately into the action with Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist at the Jordan River. Matthew, he, he tells the story of the events leading up to Jesus' birth more from Joseph's perspective. Luke, more from Mary's perspective. But John, he tells the story more from a cosmic, big picture perspective, as we'll see in our reading today from the first five verses of the prologue in John chapter 1. He says, in the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, All things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John's gospel begins with a series of statements about the word. The word. And the word for word in the original language is logos. And the term logos was pregnant, pun intended, this is an Advent sermon after all, with meaning in the Greco-Roman world. Thanks to Stoic philosophy, it was shorthand for the rational principle or the logic that holds the world together and gives the world a sense of purpose and meaning and order. And the Stoics believed that The only way to live a meaningful life was to align yourself with the Logos, to discern this organizing principle of the universe and live according to it. And to go against the flow of the Logos, to ignore its wisdom, to live an illogical life was a recipe for misery. And it's likely that some of John's original readers would have had this stoic idea of logos in the back of their minds when they heard these opening verses. But this idea is likely not the idea at the front of John's mind when he composed these verses. John's understanding of logos was shaped not so much by Greek philosophy as it was by the Jewish scriptures. He gives us a strong clue what he's up to in the opening statement, when he uses the phrase in the beginning twice, emphasizing it and calling our attention to the first chapter of Genesis, in the first line of the Bible, which says, In the beginning, God created. In Genesis 1, God speaks creation into existence with God's word. God says, let there be light, and there's light. In the beginning, God's word creates. And throughout the Jewish scriptures, God's word is associated with, maybe even synonymous with God's creative power. For example, the psalmist says in Psalm 33, 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. The starry host by the breath, Of his mouth. So when John says that everything that exists, everything was made by and through the Word, who is God and who was with God in the beginning, alongside God in the beginning, while being God as well, he's echoing Proverbs 8 where wisdom is personified like this in verse 27. This is wisdom speaking. Wisdom says, I was there when the Lord set the heavens in place and when the Lord marked out the horizons on the face of the deep, when the Lord established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep. When the Lord gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep the Lord's command. And when the Lord marked out the foundations of the earth, wisdom says, then I was the artisan at the Lord's side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in the Lord's presence, rejoicing in the Lord's whole world and delighting in the human race. The Word, who was there at the beginning, is more than just God's creative power. It's God's creative genius, God's creative wisdom, the architect and artisan of God's good world. When the declaration comes repeatedly in Genesis 1, this is good, this is good, this is good, no, this is very good, it is wisdom. It is the Word of God making God's good world. And John is not the only one to speak of Christ this way. Paul and the writer of Hebrews have similar things to say. Paul in Colossians chapter 1, he says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers, authorities, all things, not some things, not a few things, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. It's the word of God. And then Hebrews chapter one, verse one, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son, the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And it's these descriptions of the word, which some theologians call the cosmic Christ, that gives added weight and gravity to John's statement when he says in verse 14 of his prologue, the word, the word that was there in the beginning, the word that was there with God, the word that is God, the word, through whom and by whom all things are created, that word, the word became flesh. and made his dwelling among us. The word, through whom and by whom all things have been created, became flesh, became a baby, and grew up and lived as one of us and then died for us and then was raised from the dead ahead of us, or as John simply says in his shorthand way, we have seen his glory but now I'm getting ahead of myself. John's story does not begin with the angels who appear to Mary and Joseph. It begins with the Word who was there at the beginning, and at the beginning creates all things. John does not begin his story about Jesus, with the birth of Jesus. He begins his story with the birth of the universe. And he does this because he wants us to see that the story of Jesus, like the story told in Genesis 1, is a creation story. The life-giving word that spoke all things into existence has come into the world and is now doing a new work of creation, making all things new. I love the details of the traditional Christmas story. I love hearing that story. I love the angels, the dreams, the shepherds, the manger, the star, the magi. Mary, the willing, Joseph, the protector, the little drummer boy, <laughs> Dominic, the donkey. I love it all. But I, I also need to hear the cosmic Christmas story. I need to hear about the cosmic Christ who, long before Jesus was born, spoke everything into existence and is much bigger than our ever-expanding universe. So before we celebrate the mystery and the miracle of the incarnation that the Word became flesh and lived in our world, let's remember that our world has always existed in Christ, by whom and through whom all things are created. Whereas Paul says in his sermon to the Athenians in Acts chapter 17, he taps into Greek philosophical tradition. He says in 17, verse 28, he says, For in him we live and move and have our being. And he says this to those who are not yet following Jesus. He says, we're already in him. We're already moving and having our being in him. We exist in him already. This is not pantheism, which says that God exists in all things. This is panentheism, if you want the technical term for it. You probably don't. Which means that all things exist in God. All things exist in him. One of my favorite illustrations of this is for us to imagine that all of creation, including ourselves, are suspended in a jello mold. In him, we live and move and have our being. All things hold together in him. And creation may wiggle. And this old world may jiggle. And our lives may contain bits of cat food, like in Aunt Bethany's green jello mold from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But it all holds together in Christ somehow some way it all holds together and in all seriousness when when it seems like our world the old creation is on the verge of breaking apart along every social economic racial religious political fault line imaginable don't we need to hear Don't we need to be reminded that our world has always existed in Christ and Christ has been holding it together from the very beginning? And more than that, the one through whom all things are made is now making all things new. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're longing for. That's what we ache for. And that is the hope we have when we light the candle on the first Sunday of Advent. Jesus came, and Jesus is coming. And the one who is coming has been holding it together from the very beginning. As it was in the beginning, so it is now, so it shall ever be. World without end. Hallelujah. So may you find courage and take comfort in the good news of the cosmic Christ today. May God open your eyes so that you can see and be more aware of the cosmic Christ in whom we live and move and have our being. And to that end, I invite you to stand and let's read this prayer together. We'll read a portion of this prayer Prayer known as St. Patrick's breastplate. Read this with me, please. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger. Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. May the cosmic Christ hold your life together this week. Go in peace. Thank you so much for listening to the message from the Greenville Oaks message broadcast. We hope this message enriched your life and can help you inspire others to follow Jesus. Because we honestly believe following him is the best way of life possible. Be sure to connect with us online on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.